just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. and welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin, here with meals in the dog days of summer. And of course, we have to remind you guys to subscribe to RNC Radio, the A Show on RNC. Leave us a comment. Give us five stars. It will make Meals' day. Ain't that right, Meals? Yeah, 100% make my day. I mean, if you're, you know... Eh. Yeah, it would make my day. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Please do. Please subscribe. Five stars. Everything of that. Please give everything that you can to the show. We're doing No, not everything. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, what? No. Not not everything. All right. Just I'll, give us five stars. Just yeah, give us five I, stars. That's the that's the that's legitimately legitimately the least amount of thing you can do. Yes. Not everything though. Not everything. But please do. Um and yeah, that's what we want to say. That's kind of how we wanted to start things, but you know. We got, a, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about this week. We're still Absolutely. heading into the world of SummerSlam. And it's, it's things are happening on the shows. Not outside the shows, but definitely on the shows. Things are happening. Yeah, I, I got to say, and I think I said this um, on Twitter, like, you know, it really, it's, it's really a, a shitty position to be in right now for, for the Fed because I feel like SummerSlam, the matches that we kind of can see are forming, they're really like, you know, sometimes there'll be matches where it's like, ah, it's like, why is this here? It seems like the SummerSlam card has the hottest matches from every show on it, right? Like this year, it seems like all of the programs have been built up for months at this point. Well, yeah, I think everything that has been announced thus far, for sure. I'm sure we're going to get some strap hangers on. I mean, we, we everything, you're, you're right, though. Everything that's on the card thus far has been either has been a, a big match that's you know, worthy of SummerSlam. I'm talking about the main event, the WWE Championship match, or has been just a match that has history behind it, WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. You know, Dominic versus Seth Rollins. That's another mm-hmm. big match. Um, it's been, Asuka, it's been Sasha months. Banks. Yeah. Right. It's, these, are, these are programs that they seem as though, other than Orton and Drew, which I, I don't think will be the blow-off to this, they, they seem like they're the big blow-offs of the summer programs. And I, and I appreciate that. Mm, well, you know, there's a new tagline to SummerSlam. You'll never see it coming. <laughs> You'll never see it coming. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Because if they're working around the booking of you'll never see it coming, it means stupid finish alert. Like eight oh, times. oh, absolutely. I think I think we, we can all kind of see the tea leaves or read the tea leaves here between Orton and Drew and the retribution angle that's going to start. Um I, I don't think you 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 got to be a rocket scientist to know that that doesn't just mean the RKO <laughs> at this point. No. Hey, wait a minute. What what Randy Orton was the leader of Retribution? 
What and, happened? And, Wait, what, what did you say? What? <laughs> what if? What if Randy Orton was the leader of Retribution? Nah, Randy Orton got better friends than that. I would not buy it. I I, I can't deal with Randy Orton being the leader of another uh, another faction. Legacy was terrible enough. Legacy was like him babysitting. I can't deal with it. Um, and I don't think he's like. I think that's so out of his character. And as his character isn't, let's bring guys along for the ride and let's make everybody thing. It's I mean, Orton is it. out for himself. He did it with uh, the revival. The revival. Yeah, the the, the um barely. I mean <laughs> they're losers. So I mean yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, sure. Um he I mean, yes, it was a little bit with the revival. I think there was a mutual respect for him, but considering I mean, everything that I've heard about retribution and who's actually in it, I don't know if he wants them to tag along with him. Yeah. Um yeah. regarding anything, but I mean I guess we'll talk about big retribution. Big retribution stuff a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Uh, we, we do have to start on a bummer note, of course. Uh, we have to say a rest in peace to Kamala. Uh, he passed away earlier this week. Uh, huge loss in, in the wrestling community, of course. Uh, another one of our, our legends gone. I can't say that. Um, I can't say that I've like necessarily like gone back and, and remember Kamala matches. I remember like when I see him as a kid, I'd be like, okay, can we get this over with? Like yeah. I want to see somebody else. But um you know, with that gimmick, he 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 took it a lot of places. So I I mean I've read a lot. Um just more recently. I mean I scrolled the Wikipedia before I'm not even gonna front of you like I didn't. But I did just to kind of see because I also had the same thing as you like I'm not from the era of Kamala. Kamala was in, hired in WWF 1984. That was during the mid 80s. That was right. Legitimately, Hulkamania was like on its way to becoming a thing. WWE mainstream, all types of other shit. Um, so I necessarily wasn't there. But actually looking back at it now, I don't think Kamala has had a significant run in WWF anyway. I think his longest run was probably like a year max. But he seemed to be someone who, you know, he worked a lot. He he started his wrestling career in the late 70s. He eventually made his way to the WWF in the mid-80s. He would have, you know, runs. I mean, he was in the Dungeon of Doom early on in WCW. Yeah. He had a lot of different other things. I looked at his own personal life, realizing he had an incredibly hard life. Looking back at it, his father was shot when he was four years old. He had a run to a kind of life of crime, resorted to crime, eventually you know, got into wrestling. Later on in his life, he had, he suffered from high pressure, diabetes. He actually had to get both of his legs amputated. Yeah. Um, and the reason for his death that was kind of revealed by his family was that he actually contra- he, he contracted COVID from his weekly dialysis visits. And due to the complications from his high blood pressure and diabetes, he's just, you know, Things just kind of went south very, very quickly. So definitely rest in peace to call it. I think he's kind of, it's weird 20s now because look at his gimmick and his gimmick kind of now represents a a shot of like a terrible side of wrestling. And as talented and charismatic as he may have been, it kind of represents the ugly side of like this is what you guys thought of black people. And like we're savages or something along those lines. Like it, it kind of represents that. And, you know, 
it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. You kind of remember that, but he has made his mark on the wrestling business. I think he is. When you look at him, you kind of remember who he was and who he is. And, you know, just for everything that he's been through and everything that he's been worth, you just got to say rest in peace. Our condolences to his family and anybody else who was affected during all of this. Um, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, again, like you said, it, it, it is uh, it's terrible uh, just, just that he contracted COVID in that way. And, you know, it just makes it way more real, especially to all of these, you know, wrestlers who say say stupid shit online all the time about this this disease being fake right here here's your proof you know here right. here's one of I yours mean. and and he deserved a lot better than you know people saying stuff like that but um you know like you said th- this was a gimmick that again looks real bad but you know you look at the strides that a lot of companies are are taking in terms of how they present african americans on television and you know it, it's it's just a terrible way to, to remember, you know, that that's what it used to be. And, you know, it, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to defend, you know, the, the, the view of, of what Kamala was and other gimmicks of that nature. I mean, Papa Shango also, you know, like these, mm-hmm. these, these are people that were, you know, like that, that was a very deep stereotype back in the day. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that we've come a lot farther now than that and that people you know young african-americans young latinos asians oh no nah, i can't even say asians because they put fucking ninjas on robbie week uh have something better <laughs> to look forward to than than you know the, the you know the tribal stuff but at least from what we see there there's so much more work to do and, and i think we should definitely still hold companies accountable for that work absolutely 100%. yeah um next up i mean in good news for african-americans mvp signed a multi-year deal with WWE. It was rumored last week, and, and uh, this past weekend, MVP confirmed it. Uh, shout out to him. I, I got to say, of all the people that have been MVPs on WWE programming this year, he's definitely somebody that I enjoy watching. His promos have been A1, and I think just his presence has been really a refreshing take on WWE. He started off a little bit rough at the, yeah. uh, at the Royal Rumble in, the, in that Rey Mysterio match, but he picked it up. I think he's been he's been way better. I think this is probably my favorite run of his. Uh, his, his second run here is, is my favorite run of his in WWE. And I think again, like you look at what he's done, the 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 few that they've given him, uh, the actual stable that they've given him, and him, you know, giving Bobby Lashley again another shot in the arm that, that he needed. MVP is definitely an MVP on WWE yeah. programming. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. I mean, he's definitely worth the multi-year deal. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to you know. Just MVP in general. It's like you said, he's having a great run, and it's interesting how they're using him this run. Um, but it's really, really good. As long as he, he stays in kind of figure role, I would say listen the mix more of a like figure. Uh and 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 that's all I can say. You know what? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh let's talk a little bit of NXT stuff. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do that. We're, we're gonna talk AEW and NXT today. That's cool. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. We're going to talk both. Uh, sorry, sorry, Cyrus. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 we just got to do it. We have to talk about this. Uh, Pat, Pat McAfee rolled up to the PC <laughs> last week. And In his kicked, shorts. Oh, my God. I hate. I hate. Uh, go ahead. Continue. Continue. 
And he kicked off his brand new, not even brand new, he kicked off his big major feud with Adam Cole last week, kicking, punting Adam Cole in the head. Of course, if you listen to the A Show two weeks ago, we talked all about Adam Cole blowing up at Pat McAfee on his show. Uh, we, we, I don't even think we like guessed if it was a work or a shoot. We were just kind of like, oh, that was pretty weird. But uh, ends up, I thought yes. it was a shoot. I, I thought it was a shoot. I still think it was a shoot. And then they just shit it into a work. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think it was a shoot. I honestly do. I feel like he generally did not like Pat McAfee. I don't know. But no. Uh, uh, uh. Ooh, wow, what a, what a noise. Uh, so so he, he, sh- he showed up on, uh, on, on NXT last week and they kicked off their big angle, of course, uh, during the Undisputed Era versus Imperium match. Uh, Adam Cole, he got the best of Adam Cole by kicking him in the head and knocking Adam Cole out flat to end the show. Of course, this what was... A <laughs> yeah, Adam Cole, it's, it's so God. But of course, this kicked off another round of... I wish we had a sound uh, effect for this, but worst angle ever seen in wrestling. I mean, we might need Mark to, to add some stuff in for us and the, <laughs> on the low. Yeah, worst angle ever seen? Might <laughs> might be. Um, might be. You know... I can't say it's the worst. I've seen so I've seen terrible stuff. I've seen remember when we fake saw Donald Sammy? Trump versus I've seen a fake Donald Trump versus a fake Hillary Rosie O'Donnell in a wrestling even, ring on Monday Night Raw. Even sooner than that, we had we had Bobby Lashley doing a uh, a uh, a jungle gym <laughs> a year and a half ago. He's talking about his sisters, and then uh, Sami Zayn bring out fake Bobby Lashley. It's so much. There's been so much bad going on in WWE in terms of the Pat McAfee and Adam Cole feud. I see this as a feud that they kind of want to be like, oh, it's, you know, beyond just sports entertainment. It's beyond wrestling. I don't think Pat McAfee rings bells like that. I could be wrong. He doesn't ring any bells in my damn head. But, um, you know, Adam Cole needs something to do. This is interesting for something to do. It seems like a very soft UE face turn thing, which mm-hmm. we do think that they need at this point. Um, Pat McAfee and Adam Cole, I'm not, it turned me off from like watching, when I saw it, it turned me off from like continuing to watch the show. Like I didn't even watch the first hour of NXT because I saw that kind of end. I saw how it ended and I was like, do I even want to finish the show? I mean, I don't know. Ugh. I don't like Pat McAfee at all. These, these noises you're making are like, I'm just gonna name the like episode, him, bro. I'm gonna name the episode. <laughs> uh, I don't like Pat McAfee, bro. He gets on my. Uh. I, I think that's the point. I think they're. I think they're not trying. No, to that's baby. not the point. Don't excuse. It's the point. It's not the point of like I don't like. Oh, hold on. Let me like, talk. Let me talk. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I think that's the point they're trying to make here. They're not trying to babyface the guy anymore. And again, I don't like the way it was presented. Uh, on last Wednesday, I, I I'm in agreement with a lot of people that I don't like the way that it took away from the match going on. Um, I I I see both sides of it. I do not think this is the worst thing we've ever seen. I do not think this is the end of NXT. If NXT has the C level talent that only gets 700k views a week. They're going to get the C level Lawrence Taylor, who's going to be on their pay per view. Like I I completely Yuck. get where where they're going with that. I'm not a big fan of Pat McAfee either, but I think that at the end of the day, they have to draw something that's out of reality. They're trying to push, like, again, they're, they're pushing the Adam Cole is small thing, which is really weird. Again, I, did, I didn't like the way it was presented, 
but I think the, what, what they're trying to do is say Adam Cole can beat anybody, any size uh, that plays any sport. And they have to really make sure that Adam Cole beats Pat McAfee distinctively <laughs> at TakeOver if that's where they're going to go with it. I thought the actual punt, people were like, well, the, he's a podcast host. Let's be clear. This motherfucker played football. This is somebody that, like, he, if he kicked you in the head, you're going to be knocked the fuck out. Like, let's just be clear. Let's not let's not get ridiculous and obtuse here. You can dislike the angle, mm. but the actual physics and the actual sense of it does make sense. Like, this this is a big guy. He's bigger than Adam Cole. He's someone that has played pro football. Let's just be clear. He's not like some jobber. You know what I mean? Like, th- this is some guy who's actually who's actually done something. As far as him as a character, not a fan. But I think again. They're trying not to babyface him. They're trying to babyface him anymore because when they when he was on a commentary doing annoying shit, they pretty much ignored it and they just let him do it. Now that now it's like I thought it was really telling, of course, for the soft babyface turn that they were had they had Beth openly denouncing his actions. They had Tom Phillips openly denouncing his actions, and they also had Triple H and Regal openly denouncing his actions. So this is a soft turn. I think it's a lot better than just having the new heel group beat up on Undisputed Era. I think it's you know they're gonna have to do a lot in the next two weeks because there's only literally like one more week left to push this match. And I think they have to put Imperium with him or someone, some group with him to even the odds, so to speak, to have some sort of uh, issue or, or some sort of uh, obstacle for Adam Cole to face because they're, they're trying to make him into an ultimate baby face here. And I get where they're going to me. I'm going to, I hate to say this because, you know, so often do, do they fuck this up, but I'm going to wait and see this week and see where they go with it. If you could see the faces that I'm making. <laughs> I mean, I, sure. I mean, they're not going to stop doing it. They're not going to just scrap it tomorrow. Of course they're oh. not going to stop doing it. Of course they're not going to stop doing it. I just don't like it. I just, well, I, I have no, uh, I have no, I'm, they're not going to stop doing it. It's gonna. It's an angle. I get it. All this other stuff like that. Well, I'm not going to walk into the match hating I'm it. I'm not going to walk into the match hating it before I've seen what, what he can do. I'm going to, I'm going to wait to see if they That's actually. That's what being a wrestling fan is all about, by the way, hating things before you actually see them or know anything about them. That's what being a wrestling fan is all about, bro. True. I mean, very true, but you know, we live in reality. <laughs> on this podcast and the reality is i'm not going to shit on pat mcafee's in-ring skills until i actually see it i am not a fan uh, so far of the promo stuff uh so uh, so uh, some of the shoot stuff i don't, I don't like him I, I don't like him calling his voice I, makes me want to puke i don't i don't like a lot of white people talking let's <laughs> just be clear <laughs> but at the end of the day i like, like tom phillips he's cool but i i, I don't you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of him calling Adam Cole an elf and a, and a midget and stuff like that. Like, that's not the way you present your top. He is, you know, regardless of who's the champion right now, Adam Cole still is the top guy on that show. And everyone mm-hmm. kind of followed that. Everyone kind of falls, but, you know, the, the way that they fall. So, you know, I, I, I actually question and wonder how they can have Adam Cole be the top the top face in the company without him having a belt. <laughs> because I would imagine you just move these guys off the show. <laughs> you know, they're going to be top faces, but you got to give them that, that that last run as faces. I think it's something we haven't seen before. I think there are actually a lot of heels that they could go against on, on NXT right now. And the, the, you know, NXT needs the faces. You know, they don't have, they have barely any faces that are credible on that show, on, on yeah. the men's side, on the men's side. But uh, I'll right. wait and see what happens on Wednesday. Uh, you want to go AEW? A-dubs, man. Come on. you. Do I want to go AEW? Do you want to go AEW? <laughs> I, 
Yeah, never. <laughs> okay? okay, never. All right, but but fair, we got to talk about enough. it. We got to talk about it today. There's been a lot said about AEW's women's division. Uh, the War Report talked about this at length uh, last week, but I just want to give our two cents on it really quickly about the AEW heels uh, thing that is going on. Brandy Rose being pay to play fan club. <laughs> what? Here's the thing about Twitter. We don't pay for Twitter, and that's like the biggest fan club you could have. Why do we have to pay for one? Yeah. All right. So this, this sounds like a uh, this sounds like a that like Brandy selling forex. <laughs> <laughs> like Brandy's oh like God. like sign up for fifty dollars. I got a forex. I got a forex jig. <laughs> so I see what she's trying to do. I just don't. I just think it's it's not necessary. All right, so she's trying to really start a fan club between women who are professional wrestling fans. Apparently, AEW heels has nothing to do with professional wrestling, and it's more so about just like putting women together. But instead, they're like, "Oh, can you know women can be fans of professional wrestling?" You know that, and she's like, "Yes, I know you, Ding Dong." Um, there's a whole bunch of back and forth. AEW Heels is supposed to be this fan club. It's all inclusive fan club for women um, who I guess like wrestling. Maybe she didn't seem to be <laughs> like this was targeted for women wrestling fans because I'm not sure how many fans, how many women wrestling fans actually watch AEW. I mean, it seems like all the the good stuff is on the WWE side. Nor does their women's roster kind of push anyone in a particular direction to like, yeah, we really got to get support behind this because they've done a terrible job at showcasing women over the last number of weeks. Terrible. I mean, forget weeks, months. Terrible job. Um, AEW Heels is supposed to be this community um, where there's seminars and there's classes and all this other stuff. Um, You're going to get, uh, you know, exclusive things you're going to get uh you'll be able to talk to um aew women's talent you'll be able to talk oh, just a bunch of other stuff like you get for, it's, for a, it's, it's a it's a membership platform as according to uh brandy rose um not sure if this is the best i mean i wouldn't say all right so the idea of it i idea but you kind of have to start from the ground floor. It's like, what are we really doing for the women on our actual show before we start making this dynamic platform? You know what I'm saying? And so can men join? Because then it's also a very interesting <laughs> situation to be in. If it's like... If you could see my faces that I'm making right now... <laughs> if you can see the faces I'm making right now... I can't believe you're trying to both sides this. <laughs> I'm not trying to both sides this. I'm not trying to both sides this at all. I'm actually considering, I'm like questioning. I'm more so questioning what's the purpose behind this. The idea of the purposes behind this is to like, you know, more inclusive place for women because she feels like women in wrestling aren't. Uh, How can you have an inclusive she feels place? Like, for- she feels like, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. She feels like in terms of women don't really have a place in wrestling. And she's also felt victimized in terms of wrestling. But you're also not trying to completely marry this with women's wrestling, which is weird. It's like the optics of it is actually weird. You're trying to say like, oh, as a woman in wrestling, I really don't feel like I have this. I want to continue to promote the next thing. But you also don't really want it to be kind of completely wrestling focused. It's yeah. Or like women's wrestling fans or anything like that. 
finish us off. What do you feel, sir? I there there is a thread from uh, a a young a young lady named Laura at Rose Planted underscore that says everything that we could we could say. But I'll, I'll just I'll just spit a couple of factoids from that. Um, booking of AEW women has been nothing but frustrating to see the lack of effort put into building a division. Also, the lame excuses get time brought up. It's very justified that fans feel that there are no positions to preach women's empowerment. It's, and there, is, there, there are many, many tweets after this. You can say AEW has been unfortunate with injuries and with the pandemic, but there are no excuses for nearly a year's worth of no effort being put into building a division. I'm tired. I know other fans are tired of hearing it's coming. With this, AEW has proven that they don't care. Let's be fact. Let, let's speak facts here, okay? The women don't draw ratings for them like that. So they're not putting mm-hmm. them on there. This is a very ratings-driven show. You saw what you oh, saw yeah. what popped what, what pop the 800 film. It was putting Eric Bischoff on there, not putting a 10-minute women's match on there. WWE, to a certain extent, impact because they don't have as big of a, of a reach. They can afford to take the hit for that because they've been building women's divisions for years. And, they're, and WWE's in a five-year building plan to get them to where the men are. So they can take the heat. They can take the hit in case... You know, the, the ratings fall. But more often than not, Meals, ratings have not fallen <laughs> for them because they put the time and effort into making their women stars. Look at NXT. Look at Sasha, Bailey, Asuka, their effects on ratings in the past year. It has worked. So there really isn't an excuse. And I don't think a fan club will help that. There really isn't. If you can take the heat, if you could take the hit for, for a building an actual division for these women that you said you cared about. Instead of just putting up uh, Arn Anderson and motherfucking uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and all it, like it's it's come on it's bullshit. It's just bullshit. You can, and they can come and people can come at me on Twitter all they want to, but it is bullshit. I get the idea of it. I just don't see the actual purpose of it, especially when you have stuff on the ground floor that you need to focus on as opposed to kind of this. We, we don't see a, the purpose because we don't see the work. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. But I mean, the forty nine dollar paid subscription annual annual paid subscription. So it's not like it's forty nine dollars per month. But to do all of this other stuff that you're still not working on, why would anyone be interested in sort of coming? I mean, people have. I mean, everyone has signed up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, websites broke down, blah blah blah. Um, but it's worth all the criticism. And she got a, a large amount of criticism on Twitter so much that she had to delete her Twitter account. Imagine the CEO of a company having to like delete their Twitter account. Because it's her fault. Well, according, well, according to Cody, it's because of racism. Um, but a large part of it, I mean, I'm sure there was racist comments within this, but a large part of it was criticism over this. Like, what are you doing? Like, imagine launching this. But did, did you see any racism? I didn't personally see any racism, but I didn't go that deep. But I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to say that it wasn't there. Uh, but I mean, do you, do, I mean, if do you feel like again, like just being honest, do you feel as though it was a majority of? <laughs> no, I don't feel like I feel. No, I feel like she was majorly being criticized about like, listen, but but about the women's division that you have, how could you tout a forty nine dollar annual subscription service, but you guys aren't actually working on the stuff that we want to see? Yeah. Like, what is a what is a what is a um, Q and A with former AEW women's champion Nyla Rose going to do? <laughs> What is a tutorial with AEW makeup artist Stella K going to do? You know what I'm saying? I mean, wow, that, that's on there. That's on there. 
<laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about it. Could have been free. It could have been free. I'm just saying. It could have been free. The last. <laughs> no comment. Um, uh, hey, talk SmackDown, Mills. Talk SmackDown. Let's talk SmackDown. All right, let's talk about SmackDown. SmackDown this week, actually, a bump in the viewership and a bump in the ratings. People seem to be flocking back over to SmackDown as we're heading into the SummerSlam season. Be clear, and this, got- this, this, be clear, this episode of Raw uh, went up slightly, so 1.7, 1.72, I believe. All right, we're heading back into business. Listen, I think a large part of the ratings is also that this is not a live, any live at all. And... Not being live is incredibly detrimental to the actual ratings itself. Wow. Uh, I'll wait. For, yeah. Listen. Wow, they're, they're coming for me through you. <laughs> they're on their way. Um, but let's start off with uh, probably one of the biggest news that's come out of SmackDown. And one of the things that's going to lead into this week's actual episode, I think it's the most intriguing thing. It's going to be, I call this Bailey versus the world because they have made a point on SmackDown this week, you know, Sasha Banks and Bailey were summoned to the ring by Stephanie McMahon via Zoom. Because um, God knows she's not stepping in that damn place. But she was summoned there and let them know that Sasha Banks, you know, if you if, if Bailey does lose on Monday, she will, you know, have to face Asuka at SummerSlam. And also that Bailey, her contender for SummerSlam will be determined in a tri-brand battle royal on SmackDown this week to determine, yeah, once like I said, her contender. I have this question. Who should be in the mix? Who should okay. be considered for this SummerSlam match? It's a big opportunity, especially against probably one of the best workers in WWE right now, Bailey. Obviously, anyone that's not uh, – uh, be clear also, I think it's going to be somebody from SmackDown winning. But um, I think it should be anybody that's not in a, in a big title program. So, obviously, on, on Friday, we'll probably see Liv and Ruby – or either one of those two, uh, Natty, maybe. Uh, I, and obviously people are waiting for NXT entries, right? So I think there's mm-hmm. a huge possibility for Rhea Ripley. I think there's a huge possibility that Shotzi Blackheart uh, will be there. Tegan Knox could be there because they don't have anything really going on on TakeOver. It has to be realistic picks. So if I see Dakota Kai, I already see the cap because there's, yeah. no, way, there's no reason for her to be on the SmackDown or the, the SummerSlam card because she has a title match. But I think there's a lot of interesting things they could do here. Um, ultimately, I do believe that Naomi should be the one that wins this. I don't know if I'm wilding for saying that, but I think that would, that would make the most sense to me. The only thing is that if she wins this week, there's literally one week to push this match. And I think that's the issue with Bailey being so wrapped up in Sasha and the Raw and the, in the you know, the Oscar storyline on Raw. Like, there's very little room. Like, it's, it's like exposed SmackDown for being very... Uh, depth challenged, if you will. Yeah. Like Mandy and Sonya, they don't need the title right now. Even though it would be cool if they if they had it, because I I think that's the real blood feud that everybody is like really fucking with right now. But mm-hmm. with with Bailey, it's like okay, who could realistically be the one who could take the title off of her? And I just don't think it's somebody else from Raw. Even though Raw has a stronger, way stronger uh, roster, or SmackDown, who has you know, or I'm sorry, NXT, who has a lot of like really great wrestlers on on that card, but they need to stay where they are right now. I think, you know, in terms of who I kind of have in the mix, you talk about Naomi. I do see her in the mix. I do see her as somebody who could potentially contend for this championship. I think from NXT, Rhea Ripley 100% sticks out in my mind as 
someone who's not only been to the dance or at WrestleMania herself, but it seemingly has nothing really kind of going on, who is a strong face to face Bailey. And she's someone that Bailey has not really faced before. And I'm sure she would love to sink her teeth and get into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Raw doesn't really have too many contenders, to be honest with you. I mean, unless they want to throw Mickey James in pretty early because she's just returned. Unless they, like you said, Natty, Natty has returned as well. There's also the possibility of Liv and Ruby and and a couple other people. But I honestly, I'm I'm confused by not confused. I don't want to say I don't know who's going to actually, you know, win this battle royal. If I had to pick, if I had to pick early off the top of my brain, try Brandon Battle Royal. If Rhea Ripley's in it, I'm going to say she's probably my most likely to win choice. Ooh. If Naomi. Yeah, I think if Naomi's in it as well, because I think they still want to play around with the Naomi what's-her-face thing. Um, and they're going to have Lacey cost Naomi this thing to further heat up this feud that they've got going on. Because um, what's a better way to heat up the feud than Lacey Evans costing Naomi this match and yeah. all this other stuff like that. So I'm going to pick someone from NXT is an easy pick for me. I just think so. I don't know how Bruce feels about NXT. Um, I feel like he's booking that show too. Let's be clear. <laughs> I think he's doing every show. <laughs> he's doing um, every show. But you know, I I could see it from that. But I think it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting you know situation the, to be in. The the thing with Rhea is that she's just now stepping into this Mercedes Martinez feud on NXT. So uh, it's clear it would be clear to see like that she's not obviously not going to win it. But I think it would be a, a, another really great showcase for Rhea to uh to be on SummerSlam card. Cause I mean, she was literally on the, on the WrestleMania card, but again, I don't want her to get beat by Bailey. And I think again, if you beat, if you have Bailey beat Rhea Ripley too, it's like, okay, are we going to start labeling the same complaints that we have about Charlotte beating everybody on the Bailey or, or no? Mm. Cause Bailey's beating I mean, everybody. Bailey's 100% beating everybody. It's interesting. We still waiting to see where this actual program is. Sasha and Bailey actually goes, but um, another program that is heating up. The blood feud is picking up. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. They're Mm -hmm. two women. I mean, we're talking about a lot of women, a lot of women programs on these shows. I mean, and we got a lot of women featured on Raw, too. Just saying, (laughs) you know, if you want to put your put your money where your heels are. Um, But Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How do you feel about Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose's feud? How do you feel just about both of them in general? I I think that this is a incredibly hot feud. Um, I know we always talk about there being not many secondary or tertiary feuds on SmackDown and Raw. We now mm-hmm. have we now have that in droves. And if there's one thing that's really like a bummer about all of this on, or maybe it's a boon to this on on the COVID programming. Um, I feel like if there were crowds, we'd have way less women programs on the, on the shows. Hmm. Am I, am I, is that controversial to say? Like, I, I think that they would not have this many women on the show. No, you might be right. I mean, there's a lot of people missing from the show just in general. There's not a lot of time on SmackDown in general. The women seem to be kind of the only <laughs> the, you know, roster who's like taking advantage of this opportunity if they can. Um, no, you may be right. And the Sonya and Mandy feud, it's been, I mean, since December, kind of, right? Like the seeds have been planted since last year, yeah. since fucking Otis delivered that Christmas ham to Mandy. And that's kind of been everything that's been planted out for this feud. It's it's a long one. I'm wondering where it ends up, but it looks like it's going to be part of SummerSlam and sort of, I say the six 
person format. Um, but I think it, you know what? It reminds me kind of, and I'll say this reminds me, it reminds me kind of of the, uh, the, I'm going to get a lot of, I feel like I'm going to get a lot Uh-oh. of shit. Uh-oh. Um, the, the year 2000 version of the Lita and Trish feud where both of them were kind of just on opposite sides of this thing. And it was a very hot feud and it ended up being this very hot program that evolved over the number of years. But, and I think just from pitting these two against each other and giving them the opportunity and getting them over as personalities, that's kind of where I see the sort of parallel where you see Alita and Trish back in 2000. Um, and I think this could go, you know, this could do some great stuff for SmackDown um, if they yeah. choose to continue to go that route. Um, another, gosh, a well, confusing thing. Well, you want any final words on this? Song? Oh, no, no. I, I, I want to say that I, I hope the end ring matches up because I, I was feeling they, they, they have they now have the hot program that they've wanted. Now mm-hmm. I want to see them improve in ring because and, and let me be clear. I'm in the cabin for the Mandy Rose haircut. <laughs> I don't know. Soccer mommy. I was just like, ah, it makes you look I, a little I, bit. That, too... That's the that's the black man kryptonite cut. Oh my god! I was Every... like, it makes you look a little bit too, a little bit too like. I guess she's a face now, so you don't have to really kind of look like alluring or like very like. Oh, all eyes on me, Mandy Rose. Like she can just kind of look regular. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I hate when I hate when the, I hate when the women get with like the the the, the really white trash dudes on, on the roster and they got to dress like them too, like with the jeans. Remember when Lana was with Dolph Ziggler and she right, like yes a, and wearing the jeans. Oh my god, the super jeans. And then that. Summer Rae was wearing the suit for with Rusev. So. Yeah, he's whack. They like, let, let they them like wear, to do that. Let them wear some fashion over. Like get over it, bro. Like come on. <laughs> um, let's talk about the weird musical chairs on SmackDown. Very weird Matt Riddle, Jeff Hardy, King Corbin, Sheamus type of thing that evolved to like an hour of maybe turning Sheamus into a face, <laughs> which I'm foolish yet because I'm sure people like him like that. But and then up in this program, so we had Jeff Hardy. Actually, no, it was Sheamus versus Matt Riddle on SmackDown. It was a hard hitting affair as everyone kind of anticipated that it would be. Um, which ended disqualification because Shorty G at Gable decided to interrupt and he decided he wanted to attack Riddle. In the weird implication of this point, we're now officially matches by DQ and not being thrown out by the referee for whatever reason. Um, That led to Chad Gable getting his mouth completely broke, kicked in by Sheamus. Seamus now just King Corbin. King Corbin, what are you doing, sir? You ruined my match. I, I'm trying to build a role. King Corbin says, get out of my face. I have a match with Jeff Hardy. Seamus says, oh, Jeff Hardy. I know him very well. Um, to where Seamus now shows up, he interrupts King Corbin's match. Bro kicks him into another universe. And now we have a King Corbin versus Seamus match. Is this the soft turn for Seamus turning into a face? Or you just feel like it's very... Or rebuilding up a scene, it was they dedicated kind of close to an hour on on SmackDown. It was very interesting. So the Riddle Corbin Gable, I I was shudder to say Matt Hardy's a part of this. I don't think it's I don't think Matt Hardy's Matt a part Hardy. Of this. I'm not. I'm sorry. Oh, he's not part of anything. He's lame. Jeff Hardy. Sorry. 
I, I shudder to say Jeff Hardy's not a part of this. Um, it almost feels like they're trying to jettison Matt Riddle out of this whole thing that they've been building for a month. Like, they're like, this isn't working. Let's get Riddle out of this. And we've never had the Riddle-Corbin match, which I thought was... Wouldn't you think that'd be kind of like a SummerSlam match? What they're heading towards? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Someone uh, in my mentions, I'm so sorry if if you're listening, your at at escapes me. I think you said this to me on Friday. But someone said that they think that this is a intercontinental title uh, type thing coming up where it's going to be a five-way or like a four-way or something like that between Riddle... Uh, AJ Corbin and potentially uh, Sheamus and I was like yeah that could work but that's stupid because all we want to see is <laughs> Riddle and Corbin at this point <laughs> like it doesn't make sense like I, 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 sense I, at all. I don't know where Riddle would go for one AJ wasn't on the show on Friday so we don't really even know what what he's going to be doing but it just seems weird to take Riddle out of this program and, and he's on a roll here. And it, it seemed to me, it seemed cool. Cause I always was wondering what, what member of the roster would turn on Riddle next, right? Just to prove that Riddle has no friends, I think was, right. was the, was the intention. But now I don't really know. Like, it just seems weird. Cause Riddle wasn't even the show after that. He just kind of disappeared. No, he just kind of disappeared. It ended up kind of showing up like this weird six, de- six degrees of separation type of thing just to turn Seamus into like a face or something. I'm not sure if this is Daniel Bryan booking. I'm not sure. I kind of feel like it is, but I'm not I don't sure. Like, I don't like Seamus as a face. So, like, I'm I, don't, with- I don't like Seamus in any alignment. I don't know. I was legitimately sat there as I saw Seamus and King Corbin going up against each other. And I'm like, do I like Seamus as a face or Seamus as a heel? And I was like, I don't really care for him on television anymore. Like, I think I he has a place. Don't get me wrong. And he's a great worker. And he's all this other stuff like that. But as a dy- He's not that dynamic of a performer. Him as a face is the same mean Irish guy as he is as a heel. <laughs> like, it's a, it's weird. It's weird. I'm not sure where they're going with this. It'd be weird if they don't follow this up on SmackDown. I'm not sure. Um, but it was very, very weird. Let's yeah. see what they do this Friday on SmackDown. Speaking of following up stuff on SmackDown, I, I saw you, you put this in the chat. It was like you're reading my fucking brain. So Fiend and Alexa Bliss and this whole Ray Wyatt thing. So Fiend and Alexa Bliss kick off the summit and they're in the exact same sort of like formation as they were last week. So much that I thought it was last week's thing and was beginning to tune it out. I thought that it was a vignette from last week and I was like, okay, cool. But then it looked like Alexa was into it and I was like, this didn't happen last week. Oh, and I was like, okay, she I was like, okay. I think it was the weird. I think, <laughs> I think it was the weird commercial break that preceded it that made it kind of weird because they came back from a commercial break to it, to which, and I'm I'm gonna play a song, really quick that that um, Braun Strowman was probably playing when he did this promo, and and this is specifically in reference to, uh, to Alexa Bliss. Can I can I play it? Oh yes, please. I'm gonna play it right now. It ain't nothing to cut that bitch off. It ain't nothing to cut that bitch off. Oh, oh my god. I'm weak, bro. I'm weak. But... He heard she had a man, so why does he care about her? First of all, this is so. 
I was like, what was the point of last week then? What was the point of her? If he's not going to feel any sympathy towards her, what was the point of last week? He comes on the screen. I don't know, you know where he's at. His beard looks like it's been dyed a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, you don't know where he's at. He's like, if you think I give a crap about Lexa and how that been, I only care about you, fiend. And I'm just like, what was the point of last week, Ben? What was the point of anything? What was the point of this happening right now? Um, it was a weird SmackDown because it, it was a weird SmackDown because it was like everything that happened last week, forget about it. Yeah. And it was like, wait, why are we no selling this? So now it makes me think if Alexa is going to have an actual, because we didn't even get the follow for Alexa and oh, no, no. And what's her face? Um, her tag team partner. Uh, uh, Nikki, she's gone. He crossed. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's gone. She's in, you know. Probably be probably will be in the battle royal. Probably will be eliminated. <laughs> There's no way uh, I would if Nikki Cross shows up to that motherfucking battle royal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting the show off. Oh my god! No, she's gonna get she's she's gonna be in that battle royal. I'm almost sure of it. Nikki, um, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a weird segment. This was a weird segment, but you know. In terms of this continuing this role of amazing segues that I've had. Speaking of weird segments, what the hell was the end of Raw with SmackDown? Retribution. I, I laughed so hard. Listen, let's just be clear here, and I and I'll echo yeah. this on Raw as well. Retribution's not working for me. <laughs> no, I don't think it's working for anybody. No one believes them. I don't care about anybody. I don't care about anybody. I care about us on this show. Okay. It's not right. fucking working for me. And meals, I don't give a damn. I they need to they need to course correct or they they better have a hell of a twist up our sleeves because these motherfuckers are the size of Tommy Pickles screaming on niggas and beating them up. And yo, did you see the way Michael Cole <laughs> left Corey Graves in the dust <laughs> when they Michael, started swinging that Michael Cole crowbar. could beat Michael Cole could beat their ass. So I don't understand why he. <laughs> Was even running, Corey Graves. Yeah. I know, his, I know his neck hanging by a damn some three M tape. Okay, he could, all he right, could, all right. He could fight them too. Listen, okay. Well, no, listen. It's a. I was confused of why the audience just decided we're going to let these people get beat up and we're just going to stand on the other side of the ring, knowing that they're all professional wrestlers and they're not oh, actually. Please. I mean, some some of them aren't wrestlers but i even feel like even those people if you catch them in a parking lot on a bad day could take a swing at retribution so the i so all right so the idea behind retribution is at least what i've been reading on dirt sheets is that who we think they are now may not be the final product because initially we thought this group you know could consist of dominic dijakovic who could use a call up to you know the main roster at this point a couple other people i think he's gone from nxt yeah Okay. Um, what I'm hearing is that the people who are there, who are masked now, could potentially not be the final people. And the people that we've heard this far, or we've seen this far, I think we've heard Jake Atlas. Um, hmm. I've heard Chelsea Green. Makes sense. She's been gone for a while. Vanessa Bourne. Makes sense. She's been she's she's been called up already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure who else could it be under those days, but 
again, a non-threatening you 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 reveal them, I'm laughing. I'm just letting you know. I'm laughing. I'm pointing and laughing. Well, the um, only one I think the only one I think that if they revealed, I'd be like, okay, would be Dijakovic, right? And and the and the women. Those are the only two, yeah. those are the only three that I'd be like, okay, cool. But so what's the point of this bait and switch then if it's not really them? Like that doesn't make sense either. <sighs> Retribution is a terrible name, by the way. I'm just letting you know. It's a it's a weak stable name. It's what very it? cr- create a stable in 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 whatever game that you're SmackDown versus Raw or WWE 2K, whatever game. Retribution yeah, what is, is it, a bad name. What is it retribution against? That's what I'm, I mean. We, we all have to still figure that out. Once they when someone speaks, we're gonna figure it out. But what they did on SmackDown and also, but I mean, they did some stuff on SmackDown. I didn't like the way it was filmed. Um, I echo the thoughts of Sean Ross Sapp on this matter, who said there were way too many angle cuts, like way too many cameras and various things if you're trying to make this look realistic, whereas it should have just been one so wide, you know, wide cam capturing it all, Um, especially if you have cameramen running away and you have audience members running away, referees running away, officials running away, all these other things like that to try to make it look as realistic as possible. This was not the greatest cliffhanger for SmackDown just because I didn't leave feeling threatened at all. I could beat their ass. Unless it's like some raw underground stuff and they grabbing me. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lay. Like, can we talk about raw? Yeah, we can talk about raw. I'm Let's not going, raw. I'm not going to raw underground if they grabbing me like that. Well, listen. Raw Underground. All right, so Raw Underground week two. I'm not. I know. You know. Thing. How did you? How do we feel about Raw Underground week two? It's it's I, moving. There is there is one thing I do enjoy about it. It was better paced this week. I will say that. Way mm-hmm. better paced this week. Still not at 10 p.m. like they advertised. It was 9:56. <laughs> it was over by 9:56. <laughs> but to me, it's the most. To, to me, um, and again, Raw wasn't a bad show by any means. But it was no. definitely it was definitely a highlight of the show and continues to be. Um, I, I thought that Shayna Baszler's part was hard. That part that that was hard. She beat up three women, but I think it she also beat up that Claire's lady. Yeah. <laughs> the lady showed up <laughs> in that Claire's blouse. Shout out to Tatiana with that call. But yes, I was like, who who let this lady in here? <laughs> and not only that, like they look like they they just appeared out of nowhere, and Shayna was just like, what if someone walked up to your girl and just started beating her ass? Yo, baby, but, chill. But it was um, Shanna Baszler. If it was Shanna Baszler, I'd be like, she deserved that. Yo, you shouldn't even talk. I don't even know why you're talking off like her. You know she's Shayna Baszler. Shayna, that's Shayna, that's your girl now. Listen, give Shayna Baszler something to do. Shayna Baszler needs a buffer between challenging whoever wins at SummerSlam and and not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? I, I you know who should have showed up? Ooh, you know who should have showed up? Ooh. You know what? Let me not even say this. I was gonna say Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we showed up. This is her realm. This is her realm of being hurting, hurting people. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> this is her. This is on the ground has been made for Nia Jax. No, I mean, again, it continues to be a really high energy and 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 really like even the way it's cut is really cool. But uh, I think to me, like the low light this week was was Daba Kato grabbing meat meat sticks. Like he needs to chill. Anything goes in Raw Underground, baby. I think Shannon could have whooped his ass, too. I think Shannon could have whooped his ass. Except the go-go dancers, which were promptly cut and pasted out of the show um, because people were so up in arms about them. Bring them back. Bring them back. 
Bring them back. Bring them back. I ain't never been to a strip club before. <laughs> Y'all never been to the underground, you know. Y'all ain't never been to no underground, no underground fighting arena before. Listen. Come on, Shotty. Oh my God. Talk about Raw this week, please. All right. Uh Dominic Mysterio in a really 30-minute angle. <laughs> 30-plus minute angle on the beginning of the show. If the, if, Raw, if, if nothing, Raw was a very it, it was a section show, which I appreciated right. a lot. It had sections to it, and things definitely yeah. flowed this week. Very Dominic well paced, yes. Dominic Mysterio and uh, Seth Rollins had a contract signing. Samoa Joe murked it. Uh, Dominic Mysterio even even killed it, which led to a match between uh, resident creator wrestler Humberto Carrillo uh, against <laughs> Seth Rollins, which ended quickly ended into a Donnie Brook, which led to listen. If I, sk- I I'm gonna ask to do the PC if I'm up for a contract, because if this is what happens when I skip the contract or skip the PC in the NXT jumpsuit. I don't want no parts of it. They beat that boy bloody with kendo sticks for about 15 oh minutes. Oh my god. That was classic. That's a classic beatdown. I think that's a that's kind of what this I don't want to even say what this feud needs, but I think we can get away with all the eyeball poking out eyeball poking out by now. But just that savage beating with kendo sticks. I mean, beating him bloody red and him taking all of those shots. Shout out to him because couldn't be me. I mean, I've taken a lot of ass whoopings in my life from belts from my parents. So this is a very uh this ain't new to me, but I don't know if I could have took all those shots that he took. He it looked like it hurt. Bad. I mean the pictures afterwards. This this is by far for for a show that Paul Heyman used to write. He never wrote anything this violent into the show. Like this is this is like right like this this is such a Paul Heyman segment. This is like a mm-hmm. like a like a Tommy Dreamer. I mean, this is literally the Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer Raven spot. And yeah, like they he failed to write something this compelling <laughs> in his almost year writing the show. Definitely, I wouldn't say that. This I I really love this segment. This and was, I, no, I really love this too. I'm just saying, failed to write as well as this, but. I, oh, you know. oh! I mean, violent. I mean, violent. Something as violent as this. Okay. Knowing, knowing who okay. Paul Heyman is, like this is this is his mo. And whoever wrote the segment did it way better. I don't know if it was Dominic and Seth, uh, you know, in conjunction with someone. But uh, props to Dominic for taking these bumps or taking these shots. Rather, I thought he he sold this incredibly well. And I think that this to me was the period on whether I was interested in this match or not. Now I want to yeah. see it. Now I, I nope. can't wait to see this match. You're right. You're 100% right. This kind of sold it to me. And you needed, we needed this one segment. And not to say that the match couldn't have sold itself because it has a lot of history behind it. But we needed this one segment to be like, okay, Dominic, beat his ass. And that's what you needed. That's yeah. what you needed. This, this provided. This provided in spades. Shout out to Seth Rollins. Got to give him his flowers. Got to. Because he's making Dominic not only look like one of the biggest baby faces in the world right now, but I think when the time comes with the match, he's going to give Dominic a, uh, a lot. And if he pulls this off, put, can we can we give him the can we can we hang it in the PC? I know I know like I don't think this is the only reason why he we can hang his jersey in the PC, but can can we hang it in the PC after if 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 he pulls this off with Dominic? Oh, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what strings I can pull. Because Bailey, she she getting a little, little lonely up there. And Oscar, did, did we already put Oscar's in? Can no, we, we put... haven't put Oscar yet. No, we haven't put Oscar yet. All right, we're gonna talk about that real. We're gonna talk about it in a second. Um, so more on on Raw, we have a lot of women on the show this week. A lot of them. 
loved it. All, you know what I'm saying? All of them, practically. Yeah, yeah all of them. <laughs> we, 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 I mean, just here, here, just a a uh, a a smattering of what happened really quick. We had a we had a women's tag team match between the newly formed kind of uh, Riot Squad and the Iconics, which uh, ended not so well for the uh, Riot Squad. They got to get their they got to get their groove back, so to speak. You had uh, Mickey James returning. And saying that she is going to be back on the show next week, and I'm thinking we're possibly going to be getting Mickey versus Natty in a match straight from uh, 2006. What is Natty's? Is this a TikTok gimmick? What are we doing? I like it. I like it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I, I don't think she can sell it, but she can try. She can. I like try. it. I, I really fuck with it. I, I like the. I like the the like. This seemed like such an odd couple pairing, but the way that they sold it on, on Monday with them finishing each other's sentences was was really hilarious. I, I'm fucking. Are you? With are it. you? Su- are you surprised that Lana is still here? No. No? Mm, no. But Rusev gone? Rusev been gone for... They never... Why, why do you think this is a Rusev thing? They never... They, they, they Can we get the idea out of your head? That Rusev Rusev and Lana are a pair? No. Let's not get the previous five years of WWE programming. That's not what I was going to say. That's not what I was going to say. Like, will you get it out of your head that, like, that she can't be on her own without him? Like, she can. And she's been doing it. Eh, she's had successfully. Eh. Uh, I would I would judge success by who has a job and who doesn't. Um, no, don't say that because a lot of people don't have jobs. Uh, well, I mean, between, six, between these two, a lot of you know. No, I would not. I would not say Rusev. Uh, I would not say Lana is more successful than Rusev purely because she still has a job and he doesn't. Rusev wanted to quit at some point. I'm sure. I think he's. Lana, I think he said so. Man, listen, man, listen, listen. Let's 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 keep it a hundred. I'm still sorry. Yeah, I'm still surprised. Honestly, here, but let's yes, keep, I mean the, the new gimmick. The new gimmick is. Let's fine. keep it. Let's keep it a hundred. There is there is there is there was never a world title in 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 sight for Rusev. Unfortunately, oh. unfortunately, right, Unfor- and hey, you can fly the flag all you want. Your man's listen. your man's was washed. Lana, listen, way Rusev, Rusev Day outros now because it clearly I cut him I, out. I, the, I cut him out. <laughs> the disrespect to Rusev is. I replace it. I replace it with Lana Day. I replace it with Lana Day drops. Yeah, I don't know about Lana that. got a job because she clearly there's something there with her and as a as either a manager. I, I pray to God it's not in ring, but hopefully as manager. <laughs> you know she's gonna be on there SmackDown, chumming it up in this battle royal, <laughs> hanging hanging off ropes. You know all types of other stuff. You know who knows? Who I mean, knows? We, didn't, who we knows? didn't do this. We didn't do this. To talk. We didn't do this. To talk about men. We t- we talking about the women. Uh, we we have uh, we talked about Shayna in Raw Underground already. But we had both Bianca Belair versus Zelina Vega. How do you feel about that one? I love. You know what? Maybe because this show was taped, I thought it was a disservice that they did not show that <laughs> what happened over the weekend. Yes. Where <laughs> Bianca Belair breaks. I don't want to say breaks into Zelina's house, but I oh, don't she know did. How she got there. She broke into Zelina's house. Hold on. She broke into her house. That was a home invasion. <laughs> broke into her house on a on a I, I don't know Braxton beat or wherever Kayla is doing now, um, in the middle of her show and beat Zelina Vega's ass in front of Kayla Braxton, who did an amazing job at selling it, albeit not no, maybe not knowing it was coming, but still incredibly funny. Um, they did a great job. They did a great job. I think people are anxious. I don't know if people are anxiously waiting. Let me not 
quote people out of turn, but I think people are wondering, it's like, listen, if this Andrade and Angel thing goes belly up, is there a spot for Zelina Vega on the women's division? Like, is there a strong spot for her? And I think so. She's not a bad wrestler. Uh, I, I I didn't hate it. I know people. I saw some people say, well, "What? Why is she going fifty fifty with Zelina?" And I'm just like, uh, "I'm not. I'm not sure. It's like a fifty fifty type thing. I think it's more like Zelina just being a crafty cheating heel yeah. and, and cheating yeah. and, and and outspeeding Bianca. But um, I thought it was good to show Bianca in a longer match. And I think Zelina yep. can work the style. And I think there's no better person that if you know if everybody, if everybody else is taken right now, there's no better person to do that with than Bianca. Also glad to see that Bianca hasn't been forgotten about and that she clearly defined in her promo, I usually keep our careers separate. So again, an intent. There's a there's a line of intent if they choose to go there with after this is over with, Bianca can go on to the women's division and face whoever. Absolutely. I, and I hope it happens. Um, but uh, we also have to talk about Asuka versus Bailey. Uh, the, the winner or Oscar wins. She faces Sasha Banks on uh, at SummerSlam. What a spectacular match! I, I have to say, it's up there with some of Bailey's best, and I think it's the best match they, these two have had with each other uh, ever. ever. Yeah, bruh. I think the chemistry was so. I went in not really thinking much of this match, and, and not to say that I don't think of them as competitors, but we've seen this match four times in the past, and especially I think two times over the last two months. So I didn't really go into this match thinking of like, oh, especially they put on at the 10 o'clock slot. It's supposed to be raw on the ground. They, you know, they doing this thing. These ladies, 15 minutes of just like bangers of counters and counters and moves and, and everything. I think Asuka was just leaning more into her. She wasn't playing around, which is normally what she does. She's not dancing around. She's not doing the flutes. She's not doing anything like that. She's coming in. She's laying those kicks. She's laying in these submissions. And Bailey just kind of has to, you know, begrudgingly, because she didn't even want to be booked in this match, she kind of has to begrudgingly responded and responded that she did. These women, amazing match. Like, it's just, it's one of my favorite matches of the year. I'll be honest with you. The counters, I thought, were my favorite part of this match. I think they, 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 it's really hard to find someone that has chemistry with the counters. I think Sasha's one of the best counters, um, like counter wrestlers in the game. Like all her counters yeah. to, to finishers and stuff like that are really smooth. You had, you had Bailey, like also stealing Oscar's moves. And I thought that was really dope when she stole the back fist. I said, Oh, I popped. I was like, Oh, she did the back fist. And, that, and if you remember correctly, the back fist. That Kyrie did knocked Bailey out one time, like like it, it cleaned her clock a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a cool callback to Kyrie, who they're now saying uh, Bailey ended her career, which I thought was funny. But um, <laughs> uh, again, like Oscar, she can't miss. Bailey can't miss. We let's let's just go ahead. I already got the, the jersey in my hand right now. I'm just gonna put it all the way, put it on the thing right here, and lift it up in the PC. Another member of an esteemed Hall of Fame class. Asuka's jersey is in the motherfucking Raptors, and she's going to SummerSlam to face Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's title. Um, I know we were worried a couple weeks ago about if this was if this was going to happen. Um, very weird course correction. I, I don't know if like just giving Asuka another reign in less than a month is really what you want to do, but hey, we're here. <laughs> like it, I don't know just, what else he's going to do, so might as well yeah, do something. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems, it, again... It, it seemed as though something's happening here. We just don't know what it is. But again, Sasha, Sasha, uh, Sasha, thirty days is her new name because that's literally <laughs> lose the belt within thirty days or less. Um, oh my god! Wow! Oh my god! Randy Orton 
owned the final 45 minutes of Raw this week. <laughs> I was like, when I saw this match going on at, you know, 10.29 or something, I was like, is Retribution closing Raw? Like, is something? And it ended like at 10.40 something. I was like, damn, Randy Orton in the the cool down slot for the main event what's going on i, I honestly I was like yeah i honestly was like what's after this i was like everyone's been here even even ricochet and the viking raiders were on the show this week yeah which is weird i don't know why are they fighting ninjas i don't know <laughs> just don't have them on the show uh <laughs> if they're gonna be fighting ninjas no, I'm, um, give, give me a paycheck i like it yeah um right new york and ko not a bad match not something oh, yeah. i'm gonna remember but not bad. It wasn't bad. You know, I, you know how I feel. Like I, I don't, I don't feel like they should have served up KO in this slot. To be honest with yeah, you, me like either. I didn't think it was a good idea to serve him up. Like you could have beat someone way more credible and and had a way better match. Like you could have pit him against Cedric Alexander and and let Cedric get a really long hope spot and then lose. Like you could have made somebody else look good there. Like KO just loses way too much for me at this point. And I agree. I, I, agree. I think I think that it's time to start you're, giving him something. Yeah, there's too much of like things that he's just not doing. Like he just doesn't have a thing to do and he's too talented and he's too great to just kind of be chill and do nothing. He hasn't really had a program since the Seth thing, right? Yep. And then it kind of like, looked like he was going to be going against Angel Garza, then he beat him clean and then he just he left that. It's like Yeah. What's he doing? Yeah. I don't know. I do, do I you feel know. like he's going to be the one to beat Retribution and win the title? Shit, at this point, <laughs> at this point, KO should probably be in retribution at this point. He's really got nothing to do. Oh my but you god, don't, you don't want to turn him face, you don't want to turn him heel again. Like, no, but have him his face. He's a strong face, he's a really he's good face. face. If he do, if he's a heel, then, then the stunner like doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah, let's commit to the face. Let's not uh, let's not turn him a heel just because when things go wrong, commit to the face and actually make him a guy. He's a good enough and likable person. For him to be a face, let's commit to that. Um, so yeah. after after, uh, after Randy beats KO, we get uh, we get another episode of Legend Killer Theater with uh, starring Ric Flair this week. Um, I liked what, how Randy went to the commercial break and he said, "Just just sit right here, and I'll tell you why." No, sit right here. <laughs> sit right here. You got to pay some bills. <laughs> we'll be right back. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool. Uh, but it, it goes into Randy Orton just berating Ric Flair <clears throat> for about five minutes on, on the mic. Again, really strong performance from him. What on the a mic sharp show. turn! And for I'm still not sure for what because I'm not even sure why they put them together. But I'm still not sure why this actually happened or if it was always intended to happen. But it happened. Maybe they want Ric Flair. They don't want to send Ric Flair. You know, the you don't. Stuff. You don't need them. You really don't need Flair here. And I think no. the way that they they they, they kind of set it up is that Randy was upset for getting him into a match with KO. And I think that was the... Because basically the whole idea was you talk too damn much and I should be mad at you for putting me in this match in general. <laughs> and, and that's that's kind of where I uh, where I took it. But I, I, I'd I be fine without seeing Rick. I think he didn't really... he. he he didn't answer. Really so I'm wondering yeah. why he was there in the first place. That's really my like, huh? Why was he there? Oh, we're could, doing you, this. You could have did the you could have did the Christian turn without. You, you could have did the Christian Flair. turn and not and not have. And, well, you could. You, I mean, Flair made the Christian turn happen. Like it, that, that made oh, yes. it uh, that made it a, a newsworthy moment. But you could have had yeah. Flair leave after that. And I think you could have absolutely had 
Orton recruit Zelina and the gang by himself. I think there's a lot of things you could have had him do by himself, but it just it wasn't you know it just didn't make sense to me. And and I think that the way they wrote him they wrote him off was cool. I, I love the if there's one thing I did like about the retribution stuff on on Monday, it was how they used them to cover up the fact that Randy wasn't really going to kick Rick in the head. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was slick because I mean I, Lights I went on. yeah the, and it was cool because they they could have done it without doing one of those really embarrassing camera cuts that they that they do in NXT. <laughs> yeah, no, you're completely right. You're completely right. It's, so it was um, an interesting way, and now Drew is mad because Flair got kicked in the head. Uh, not gonna lie, I I liked I liked him too when he kept saying him too. For God's sake, him too. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was a What's cool touch. Him too, my, like yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. That, that, that he's like, cool. oh, now he's in mode of somebody's got to stop this guy, and it's got to uh-huh. be me. I, I would really would would you be opposed to like Drew McIntyre being in like action movies and stuff? Um, no, because he's a f- fucking freak. <laughs> like he's, he's a hoss. Yeah, he's he's someone who's. Who could be in action movies? I thought Stu Bennett would be in more action movies. I haven't seen a Stu Bennett action movie since he's been released. But. This Raw really bummed me out because it made me, and I know like there, there's goods and bad, there's good and bad to having crowds, but I think the crowd, depending on what city they were in, um, they would have really ate up some of these segments on the show this week. I think they would have absolutely ate up the Dominic said segment. They would have really, really liked the Sasha, uh, Bailey, Asuka stuff. And I thought they would have really liked this segment at the end. Like it was set up for crowd reactions to everything because I think everything that was done on this show made every single program on the SummerSlam card from Raw way stronger. And I thought it was really good, a really good Raw for story building. Yeah, I agree. I'm just gonna agree. It's a I think between even SmackDown. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're doing on SmackDown. Though. Me either. <laughs> Sheamus, Matt Riddle, what the fuck is going on there? But everything that they're building towards for SummerSlam, you're right. Big matches. Big moments. They're doing it. Um, so, yeah, that is the shows for this week. Next week, we will have our Summer Slam prediction show. So we're going to we're gonna uh, bypass reviewing the shows unless something incredibly huge happens. So I think the only things that will that will happen that, are, that will be huge this week are SmackDown uh, actually getting matches <laughs> other than Braun and The Fiend. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll update you guys on that uh, as they come as we predict the shows. But we will have a special guest next week on the show to review or not review, but predict it with us. Uh, but we're going to announce that a little bit closer. We're going to keep it closer to the chest, but uh, let's just say we're going to keep it in the family. But until then, thank you all for uh, listening to the A show this week. Please subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave us five stars. Leave us a review. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you don't want to hear. And uh, we'll try to make it work for you. So uh, until next week, Thank you all for listening. Wash your happy hands. Day, happy Rusev Day. 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 Try to edit I, that out. Okay, I, I will definitely edit all of that out. That would be <laughs> no. <good. laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I let you do it so I can edit all those Rusev days out. It's gonna happy be like it's, happy it's Rusev be, Day. Happy Rusev Day. <laughs> it's gonna be. I'm gonna edit this next minute out of the show. <laughs> no, damn it. <laughs> Keep it. Uh, Until next time, please wash your hands and wear your damn mask. I'm trying to go outside and have fun before the summer ends. Uh, Well, summer's going to be over anyway, but it's next summer. Let's just say next summer I'm trying to go outside. Uh, Until next week, for meals, I am Justin. Peace out.